0: My son is spending the uh, uh, morning slash afternoon with me before he heads back to West Point, and so I stayed home. And usually we don't have any technical issues. And I've already done like a three-hour show, so maybe I just used up all the energy on this equipment this morning. I, I, I don't know, but hopefully we'll be off the phone in a bit. And I couldn't take today off, right? I mean, I couldn't be like, "Hey, Josh." out. Oh, by the way, I'm gone Wednesday because we're traveling. Uh, looking pretty good for Thursday, and then I'm out on Friday. Probably kind of would have been a little bit of a D move
1: to go ahead and say I'm out on a Tuesday. What's up, dude? Are you ready to roll or what? I'm ready to roll. Good morning, and I appreciate you being here uh, with us today. Ah, it's all good. It's all good. I'm. I there is so much.
0: I mean, absolutely so much to get to that I don't even know if we can fit it in to these three hours. And for me, that's just full game related because here's the reality of it. Thursday, the show's going to be live from Orlando. And between now and then, we got two hours. I got a travel day. I feel like we need to spend a ton of time, a ton of time today, Josh, talking about OU Florida State. We heard from both teams' coordinators. Offensive and defensive coordinators from both OU and Florida State. We heard from a handful of players. Isn't it interesting? Uh, and, and I got a lot here. And Dylan Gabriel. Nothing really too in-depth. Both were, I don't want to say calculated by any stretch of the imagination, but maybe the better term would be just, just you know, kind of concise with their wording. And, boy, there was there was a whole lot more outside of what we brought you live yesterday of Dylan welcome back to Orlando what's it like to be back hey what's kind of your memories of here your... so I, I again we we talked about it a little bit yesterday on the program but it, that was a little bit more omnipresent than I kind of expected it to be yesterday but I mean it's it's here dude I mean regardless of how you've felt about the way 2022 went, regardless about how, I don't know, maybe your energy is around the current crop of players that are participating on Thursday for Team 182 and where your excitement is for the incoming class, I'm really intrigued to see how this team responds. And you hit it on the head yesterday when we heard the Ethan Downs quote. That was the one that resonated and made the rounds. And the hope is, even though you're 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 a little bit down in numbers, which became very obvious, that's not going to be an excuse or a talking point at all. Based on how quickly Ted Roof and Jeff Levy shot it down, and the players too. I mean, if if you ever wanted evidence, Josh, of oh yeah, that was a coaching point, that was a talking point. This team is not going to have. Hey, yeah, uh, uh, you know, it had some guys opt out. So, no, that's not going to be a talking point. The talking point you hope. The motivation, you hope, is what Ethan Downs shared, and that gets kind of permeated throughout the
1: locker room. Absolutely. That this is an Oklahoma team that's playing for the reputation, playing for the pride of this season, and then looking forward to trying to carry any sort of momentum into next season, into the the next portion of this Brent Venables era. All of a sudden, look, is it going to erase a lot of the bad? From this season, no, it doesn't just mysteriously evaporate and disappear. But if Oklahoma goes out, plays well, wins this game plank, and you combine that with this uh, nice finish to this signing class, and then we'll see, la- last year, right, last summer, there were a lot of questions going into the spring and then into the summer, some, some national speculation about is, are there problems recruiting, on and on and on, right? And then you have that summer flurry. So if you combine a win here – signing class, and then a a replication of what last summer's looked like for you uh, on the recruiting trail. Then all of a sudden, optimism, optimism returns in Norman a little bit, I think. Yeah, and I, I know, Josh, that,
0: I mean, you just hit it on the head. There's not going to be a magic salve, salve whatever term. There's not going to be a magic fix to the frustrations of you know, twenty twenty two. There's not gonna be a magic, well, forty nine to zero was tough, but you know, there's not gonna be any of those <laughs> through this. But I think you know, I want to throw a poll out there and not necessarily, hey, go vote. I, I have a question for the Air Comfort Solutions text line at four oh five six five one three four three nine. And you know, it's 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 not to disrespect any of the guys that are either playing their final games as an Oklahoma Sooner and you appreciate guys not opting out, right? Uh, You appreciate them still fighting through and playing this game. But I I have a question for the Air Conference Solutions text line today because to me, Thursday is about 2023 and continuing to see the buy-in. In other words, Oklahoma won the press conference with the way that they answered questions yesterday, right? We're focused on winning this game, I think when we play Dylan Gabriel, I think you'll hear about five or six times, Hey, we're just excited for the opportunity to go compete again. And that's truly the case. And, and the, the buy-in is where we think it is. Then there's a chance you're going to go out and see an inspired effort. Not a chance. You'll go out and see an inspired effort on Thursday. And I, I think that that's something that will resonate with fans. And as you mentioned, not necessarily carry over and guarantee you'll be better in 23, but at least make you feel a little better heading into the offseason. When my question is for the Air Comfort Solutions text line today at 405-651-3439. And if you want to jump in on the Riverwind Casino call-in line, use your phone like I'm using mine right now to make a phone call at 405 329 Josh, I think my question of the day, which can carry over to tomorrow and obviously lead right up to, to Thursday's kickoff, who are you most intrigued by heading into Thursday's game? Who are you most excited to see? Get a bigger role. Who do you need to see impress you on Thursday? And again, I feel like we need to couch everything and caveat everything that we lay out. It's not guaranteed anything for twenty three or twenty four or twenty five, but it does kind of help in the okay. We're, we're we are we're fine at this position, or all right, this guy is gonna be a do now one performance does not make a career right we've all learned that but I'm intrigued to see how varied the responses are and who you're most excited to see come Thursday with I think we all agree Josh this understanding that we are going to see the depth a little bit more we are going to see some of these younger guys get an opportunity right I don't think you're just going to see you know, uh, uh, however many snaps Florida State runs, what, if it's 110, if it's 95, I, I, my assumption is that you're going to see more guys rotate in, well, maybe outside of the defensive line where they're really thin on numbers. But at linebacker, I mean, I hope I'm not off on that, but I think it's a fair question as we're heading into Thursday, just kind of who are we most intrigued by? Who do, who do we want to see something from on Thursday to kind of give us that feeling that, okay, this, this dude's going to help us next year?
1: Who do you, who's the front of the mind for you? Is there somebody that immediately you think of going into this uh, this game? Well, yeah, and it's and it's maybe a
0: bit of a deep cut, and I got two of them. Two of them on offense. Two of them on defense. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you the two on offense, and then hopefully we'll be able to connect back up and and get you the two on on defense when we come back. And I want yours, too. 405 and you don't get to tap out of this either, Josh Helmer. You hear me? You're in. Deal. I know Jake Stoops and Marvin Mims are playing, but I need to see something from Jane Gibson. Jane Gibson has been – I don't know if the term would be a fascination of mine, intriguing, you know, obviously – I'm not on the message boards, but I feel like we kind of have an active message board during this show on, on, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. But I feel like in his frame and in his makeup, he's one of the most fascinating dudes that we've seen in a Sooner uniform, right? Because he looks that part of an NFL receiver. He had some time in the weight room with Schmitty, but with size, uh, he jumped right onto the scene with what? He had the one-handed grab that made the rounds in, in the preseason. But it hasn't been smooth for him. He got an opportunity against TCU, uh, came in the game, had a big drop. Not to say that would have changed the game or the outcome, but it was a big moment when he was running wide open. And let's face it, Dylan missed him on a couple of opportunities too. He had a a fairly well-talked-about kind of frustration with things during the Nebraska game. Right, The TV cameras kind of caught him frustrated. Uh, in the Nebraska game on the sidelines when he came in and he, he wasn't lined up right, he was a little bit off the line of scrimmage. And I think that, I think the Sooners should have got a false start on the play, but they weren't flat. But to me, yeah, I, I get it, right? The Javante Barnes of the world, everyone wants to see how he's going to run the football. I'll wait for my text that's going to come. where. Well, he's going to be better than Eric Gray anyway, because right, it's, it's always the, the backup running back and the backup quarterback. But Josh – to me, when you see how active Oklahoma has been in the portal for receivers, and so far, right? I mean, let's, we're starting to see these guys commit a little bit, and unfortunately haven't seen any of these dudes land in Norman quite yet at the receiver position. i It might be for some a little low-hanging fruit, but to me, Jaden Gibson is that guy that, A, I want to see more of, and I want to see him produce. I want to see him go out and make plays. I want to see him make competitive catches. I want to see him run routes that makes uh, Damian Washington happy with what he's doing. I want to see him, you know, I want to see him go out and be be a dude. Because if there is one thing that I firmly believe about Jane Gibson, man, I think this dude loves football. I really do. And sometimes that's in question with guys, right? Does that dude, does he really love football? I think Jaden Gibson loves football. When he was given that jersey and given a chance to be on punt team, man, he went out there and, and he was all in. He was all in. When they had, was it two games in a row, the Iowa State game, I want to say the Baylor game, where they completely took out the offensive line and the, the offensive skill players outside of, like, what, Rain and and Dylan Gabriel, and they brought in a bunch of the younger guys. Man, Jaden Gibson, you look back on that highlight, He's one of the first guys on the field and he is ready. So long answer to a very specific short question. One of the two guys I'm excited for to hopefully see more of an offense is Jaden Gibson. And so, so far we're through this first transfer portal window, you know, with, with not losing one of these young receivers that we're intrigued by, but Josh, I think it's also good for his confidence because there's always looming that second transfer portal window after March. and, I don't want to see Oklahoma's numbers get diminished anymore because things continue to be a bit of a struggle for him. So,
1: Jaden Gibson would be in my number one. You in with that? Love it. Any player that is an underclassman, either side of the football, that we think there's excitement for or bright futures on deck from – that has to be one of the first names, and Jaden Gibson would lead that list in terms of skill guys for Oklahoma. So absolutely we need to see something from him in this game.
0: All right, so that's, that's, that's number one.
1: Let's get a timeout,
0: and when we come back, let me talk about number two on the offensive side of things and get Josh's take as well. It's, it's a busy Tuesday, right? We got a lot to get to. And we're traveling tomorrow to go to Orlando to cover this bowl game. And then when I'm back on Thursday, it's left lane hammered down to kick off of Oklahoma and Florida State. In the meantime, Air Comfort Solutions, text, let's get them rolling, 405-651-3439. There is that magical place known as Twitter where you can hit us up. He's at Josh on ref. I'm at plank show. And everybody should be following us at K-R-E-F Sports. Hour one of the plank show brought to you by Van Who's Fence. Purchase 100 feet of fence and receive a free gate. Good for new or replacement fencing. Financing available 405-735-1167 or online at bhfence.com. It's Plank Show on the home of Cinefans. You know, Teddy tells a great story about having to do his show from a phone. I think, uh, Teddy, if I screw this up, help me out. I think it was like four hours on a drive from Colorado and the phone like started getting hot in his hand. Thankfully, I-, I don't believe we'll get to that point. But connectivity issues have plagued the Plank Show here today.
1: I mean, at that Do point, that- at that point, don't you just like use speakerphone though? Well, Josh, we all
0: are are qu- we're key on quality. So the by the way, are you a Bluetooth phone talker when you drive? Because I want to be, but it always sounds like dog whenever I'm trying to talk to anyone on it.
1: Uh, absolutely. I am sync up with the vehicle kind of guy. No doubt.
0: I want to be,
1: and it's like my my desire,
0: but for for some reason it just, I don't know, Josh, it never really seems to work out for me. Hey, hang, now, hang
1: on a second here. Hang on, yeah. uh, hang on a second here. I- uh, sorry, yeah, I just got connected to my car. I just had to connect to the car phone. <laughs> <And> <laughs> you got to do that.
0: My car is moody, so my car is is like over a decade old. So it literally is like the first ever Bluetooth that is put in cars. Like the my my model, I think was this was the, the very first car that had Bluetooth in it. And sometimes my phone won't. This is very much first world problems. I completely understand, but sometimes my phone won't connect, and I'm like. So, while I'm not driving, I'll check, and somehow my Bluetooth has been turned off on the car. It always makes a noise, goes, do Are there gremlins in here shutting this thing off? So, I'll spare you the potential of speaker. Um, I feel confident, Josh, that this issue will resolve itself. We have the finest engineering minds working their way through it, and hopefully the the audio quality will be a little bit better. Quick on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, a couple of guys that y'all have jumped in on that you're most intrigued by on Thursday. Um, This is from the 402. DJ Graham made some – oh, I'm I'm reading one from yesterday. Uh, I guess I could have just let that one fly, right? It's not like you're looking at the timestamp, but then I know 402 would realize I was misrepresenting his text. Uh, Offense. Gavin Sawchuk, Jaden Gibson, or Nick Anderson on defense, Jaron Kinnick and Robert Spears Jennings. Now, I would assume, right, based on numbers, that you're going to see a little bit more of Gavin Sawchuk because, I mean, I don't know. Yesterday, Jeff Levy was asked about Marcus Major, and I don't even know if he really answered it because they started talking about Javante Barnes. So I don't even know. If if Marcus Major is a guy that is healthy enough with the injured ankle that he's been battling all season long, um, I don't know if he's a guy, Josh, that they can really, truly count on having or if it's just one of those re- reoccurring, nagging issues. You know, yeah, everyone you want everyone to play in the bowl game and it matters, but is it smarter in that instance to just go ahead and say, hey, get healthy, get ready for spring ball, and then we'll roll and Marcus Major will be part of the depth going forward. You know, is it worth it to risk putting him out there and maybe making that injury worse or just giving an opportunity to Gavin Sawchuk and the, uh, a couple of the transfer guys that came in this offseason?
1: Well, and the interesting thing about that is, from the realm of do depth charts matter, Marcus Major is right. listed as an or a top-set depth chart with Javante Barnes, and Tawie Walker is the third-string back for this game. So Sawchuck's not even listed in, uh, on, on the depth chart side. So you tell me. I, I know that DeMarco Murray likes Gavin Sawchuck
0: a lot, and um, I know that, that Gavin Sawchuck has an opportunity to make a difference. I really do. But, I mean, just to not to sound like a jerk, but every time I saw Gavin Sawchuck, he was on guys' shoulders cheering the kickoff. Um, so to me, it's, it's, it's one of those situations where, all right, is he going to be a, a part of this game? We'll find out. But I would say if I'm looking at running back and if Marcus Major is healthy, you're probably not going to see as much as, as, as Gavin Sawcheck as you might want. Uh, on the defensive side, I would just imagine, Josh, for the next you know, two hours and 33 minutes of this show, we're going to see endless, and I mean endless. Jaron Canick, Jaron Canick, Jaron Canick. Do I have to put a caveat on this to say, all right, how about someone other than number seven? Or does it just kind of magnify how excited Sooner fans are about his possibility?
1: It magnifies how excited Sooner fans are about the possibility of Jaron Canick, which, again, listed as an or with uh, Jake McCoy on the depth chart, though, probably. That would be where's this depth chart at? I'm looking at the uh, Oklahoma, Florida state game notes. And uh, the depth chart is page 14. Oh,
0: well, this two
1: things have snuck in under my radar.
0: So to speak here, Josh Helmer, number one, I have no idea when any of these press conferences are. And I've gone to every single media link that's (laughs) been made available. I'm not kidding, dude. Every single media link that's been made available, and I can't see anything for when Brent Venables and Mike Norvell are going to have their final press conference. So, number one, that's been for us. Maybe this is user error on, on the side of the uh, of the plank, but from a Cheez-It bowl perspective, there's been a lot of, hey, sorry about this, but, sorry about this, but. So, I, I mean, I know that they've got another bowl, too, that they're very much involved in helping to promote and be a part of, but, and that being a Citrus Bowl, it, it, it's been a little bit of a challenge. Just, you know what they should have done? Give it all to Mike Calc. Give it all to Soonersports.com. Because you know what I was able to find in two seconds at Soonersports.com, Josh Elmer, the game notes, to be able to look through this magical depth chart that I'm seeing for the first time. So, Canik listed as an or. That's going to have people so hot, you have no idea. <laughs> Anything else from that that kind of catch your eye or no?
1: Uh, well, I think. right now. I, I think the offensive line is interesting. Moving left to right, Sexton, left tackle, Matayer, Rame, Murray, Tyler Guyton, and Aaron Parks is your backup left and right tackle. So I think that's intriguing. Jake Taylor, the uh, backup right guard. So if you're asking me players that I want to see perform well, both offensively and defensively, since you kind of went the, the skill direction, and I would toss Nick Anderson into that mix, obviously, as well for wide receiver, but if I'm, and maybe even an LV Bunkley Shelton, anybody that's not Marvin Mims catching passes would be, (laughs) you know, not Marvin Mims or Drake Stoops, right? If both, you know, we think, obviously, we got great news on Drake Stoops. We think, we hope that we're going to get good news with Marvin Mims, but beyond those guys, can, can you get some other receptions from other areas that gives us optimism for next year? But if we're not going the skill, uh, position direction then I would say let's not be talking about Jake Sexton and Tyler Guyton after the game at least immediately after right that would be a good sign that okay Dylan Gabriel wasn't running for his life he was not getting sacked left and right not getting pressured left and right so I really think each of those two tackles will be important for Oklahoma both in this game and then as we project forward if Sexton and Guyton play well Probably Oklahoma offensively, you're not going to notice that they're missing much in this game. In Oklahoma, offensively, well, he's going to play pretty well.
0: I'm glad you brought that up because I mentioned Jaden Gibson is guy number one that I've got my eye on come Thursday.
1: Player number two that I'm most intrigued by is
0: number 76, right? What 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 does Jacob Sexton look like as a true freshman? He's had you know, 12 games and who who knows how many practices leading up to this and at the very least, by the time they kick this thing off, 15 practices right, leading up to, to the bowl game as the starting left tackle. I I think he's one of the most intriguing storylines in this game. Now, Andrew Rame is still listed as the starting center, though I, I, I don't think that we're going to see him in the bowl game. But again, like I said, I, I, I haven't been around the team. I'm traveling down tomorrow. We'll see what we can find out. But I am, I am so, so interested, Josh, in what we haven't even seen him, right? I, I think he stepped on the field whenever they did that, you know, that massive line shift and a, a handful of snaps. But six foot six, 3'12", you go back to the preseason. It kind of been the talk of the preseason. I'm just – I don't know. I'm, I, I'm a sucker for, for big left tackles. This is a young kid who seems to have a lot of promise. Bill Beanbow seems to have some confidence in him. I think that's one of the massive stories – you know, beyond everyone is like, I need to see Jaron Cannon or I need to see uh, more of Kobe McKenzie or where's where's more of by by next year, right? Peyton Bowen, why isn't he out there? Well, the success of the Sooners in twenty three will be pretty dependent on how Tyler Guyton and Jacob Sexton look whenever it comes to taking care of those edges, right? And absolutely, oh no, dude, I, I, I've got a pretty good offensive lineman. Uh, down there to help me out to better understand it on the field come Thursday, but I can't wait to see how this young man, Jacob Sexton, asserts himself.
1: I think defensively, Plank, any of the younger defensive linemen for me are pretty intriguing. We've seen a good bit of R. Mason Thomas this season. Would love for this to be a breaking out party of sorts for R. Mason Thomas. Halton, Gilliam, each of those two names, right, uh, I think you're going to see a healthy dose of Isaiah Coe in this game, Reggie Grimes, those, those names that we're familiar with. But uh, if you told me that similar to kind of what we got a year ago from a downs, from a Grimes, from a stripling in the Valero Alamo bowl, that would be exciting up front.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. hundred percent. All right. Get back to the air comfort solutions text line. When we get back. So the theme of the day, if you're just tuning in, welcome to the plank show. You know, I've, We'll fight through getting this thing working at some point. But the, the theme of the day is twofold. Number one, uh, offensive players that you're intrigued by heading into the bowl game. I threw out, we just talked about Sexton and Jayton Gibson. We know there's there's others, which is why we want to get your response. And who do you think is is key, right? Who do you want to see that's going to inspire confidence in them and their position for you in 23? When we come back, we'll hit some of yours on the offensive side of the football, and Josh and I we'll dive into the defensive side of the football. It's the playing show on a Tuesday right here on the home Sooner fans.
1: Oh, wait, hold on. There we are. You got me? <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I heard you. So, I was just What happened? What do we do? It, well, I was just getting organized bringing us back from uh, from break on my end. Sorry. This is uh
2: something that I just want to be very clear. I don't think anyone else in the ref army would go to this extent for sound quality. Maybe Toby. But hey, props to TJ for doing everything he can. Unfortunately, that finger pointer Drake Dyken tried to say it was my fault, Josh, my fault. <laughs> oh no, fighting words, fighting words. Um here is Jeff Lebby yesterday. I feel like the context uh, context of this question is good. Um I think Tyler had put this on our social media page at KREF Sports. It's at KREF Sports on Twitter. Um, but this was this was interesting when you're thinking about 2023.
1: Are you, are you fully confident uh, Dylan Gabriel is coming back next season, or what are your expectations there? Fully
0: confident that he's going to play really well on the 29th, and then we'll go from there.
2: Now, Josh, we have we, hashed this through. We we've been talking about guys we're looking forward to watching on on Thursday. Dylan Gabriel is not a name that comes up very often because kind of is what it is, right? are we still through all of this? And and again, Dylan didn't really get asked about it during his portion of the press conference. Are we still of the belief that he's going to be back in 23? Has anything that's happened since tech to now shook
1: your confidence on that? No, I don't think so. I, I think that probably there hasn't been complete finality delivered across the board or Dylan Gabriel has plans for some sort of an announcement, but, uh, the fact that there was a noncommittal answer yesterday doesn't have me feeling more that he's not coming back, I guess, is the right way to say it. I still have thought all along that he's coming back and will be Oklahoma's quarterback next season. Me
2: too. Me too. I feel the same way. All right. Before we get to the defensive side of this, you want to hear from some of the people, Josh, some of the Air Comfort Solutions texts on the show? Let's talk to the people. All right. Um, Kendall just writes simply, Nick Anderson with a question mark. Yeah, I mean, I think that'd be a good guy. I, again, from everything we see, it appears as if he's going through bull practices, right? It, it appears as if he's going to be in a position to where he's going to play and, and potentially help in this game. But um, this is nothing against Nick Anderson. When I'm thinking about receivers, for some reason, I usually gravitate more towards Jaden Gibson, but that doesn't minimize how good I think Nick Anderson can be. I think... I think he's got a chance to be a big-time difference maker.
1: Did we feel like – I mean, I guess we did, that Jalil Farouk could have the type of game that he did a year ago in the bowl game? Um, yeah,
2: I like that. I like that a lot. That's, that's, that's a good comparison. But in all of this, we also need to pause and kind of reset expectations because as we go into Thursday – you know, you went through this depth chart. I've been looking at it as well, too, incessantly. You know, I again, a depth chart is simply just a piece of paper to kind of help out the media. But there, you know, there's not a lot of dudes on here that, you know, we haven't necessarily seen a lot this season either, except, you know, really on the at the receiver position and on the defensive side of the football. So, uh, I, I mean, yeah, I, I think you can use this to do for – you're 23, what a Farouk, or what an Eric Gray might have done in really kind of launching off from an individual perspective the difference maker you can be next season. Um, here's one from the 405. Need more out of Dylan Gabriel, need more out of Danny Stutzman and Kanik. I, I, I don't disagree, right? But, I mean, I, you need more out of Kanik. I think maybe that's just more of canick right? Because we really haven't even seen him that much.
1: Yeah, I wonder what his overall snap counts have been this season. I'm going to dig that up. Let's get a look at that.
2: I would imagine it would be very trigger inducing to a lot of fans. I yeah, it, well, it's not
1: going to be probably. as many as a lot of people would like. That, yeah, that's definitely <laughs> fair to say. Um,
2: give me Jaron Canick all game, please. I don't think you'll quite get that, but you're gonna you're gonna get some some of seven out there defensively. Uh, here's one from Jay in Tulsa. I'm most excited to see the Barnes sawchuck running back tandem, and to get Jaden Gibson in the wide receiver rotation. You're going to see a lot of Javante Barnes. I don't know, Josh, how much you're going to see of Gavin Sawchuk, right? Uh, maybe, maybe Tyree Walker is someone you see a little bit more of. I, I don't, I, I just, again, that's a name that I know we're excited about, and that Demarco Murray is excited about. But just when you when you think about usage and guys even throughout the season, it I, I just don't know, I don't know, I don't know if if you're getting excited about seeing Gavin Sawchuk get like ten to fifteen touches this game, I honestly think Josh you're going to come away a little bit disappointed.
1: Yeah, but then, I, I mean I think there's a good chance that he doesn't right get ten, ten or more carries, uh, just based on what the well what the depth chart looks like and. Kind of what we've seen so far this season, which is Javante Barnes is uh, clearly, clearly ahead right now. And that probably dates back to just the arrival times for both. Mm-hmm. But uh, Javante Barnes, we've seen a little bit of, right? He He's gotten gotten some serious run. Jaron Kanick, by the way, 137 total snaps this season per PFF. Mm. And that is 24th defensively for Oklahoma.
2: Hmm. 24th. That's uh. I'm not gonna lie, Josh, it's actually a little bit better than I thought it would be. How come in all the running back conversations, we don't hear more people ask about Ameke Megwa? And I think I'm saying that right. But you know, he's a guy that's shown up in a few of the practice pictures. Um, didn't see him a lot on the sidelines throughout this season, right? But in in, in a megwa, I mean that's a guy that at six foot two oh seven, he he's got a He's got that power running back look to him now, you know. He's he's a little bit less stout than Marcus Major, who goes six foot to twenty. But I would argue that I've seen Megwa. I think he's a little bit more than two oh seven right now. Just to be honest with you, why do you think in the running back conversation it officially becomes well, I need to see more Gavin Sawchuk than some intrigue over the Washington transfer?
1: I don't know. It's a good question. I guess just because. Sachuk was. Sachuk was in the signing class, and mm-hmm. there was so much excitement for him as this track star type running back. In a way, I think Oklahoma fans are better familiarized with Gavin okay, Sachuk because he was a, a signee versus Megwa kind of kind of snuck in to Oklahoma in a sense. Right? It uh, it didn't feel as well publicized, so I think probably it's just he's more front of the mind. For Oklahoma fans.
2: Are we sleeping on Marcus Major in this game? I mean, I, I went down and I, I was thinking about Gavin Sawchuk as being a guy that, all right, you know, you bring up the track, you bring up the speed. Mind seeing him return some kicks, but even down at kick return, and they got Marcus Major listed as the guy. And again, you know, he's he's had some time. So so maybe he comes into this healthier than any of us even imagine. Uh when we come back, you you'll hear from from Jeff Levy talk about the running back position, but in all of these conversations, are we, are we kind of sleeping on a guy that's been right under our nose the whole time?
1: Maybe, maybe. And it really just all boils down to how healthy is he, right? If right. he's pretty healthy, then there's a good chance that he could be a serious, serious factor for Oklahoma. If he's not, then, then yeah, you're looking at the young guys.
2: You know, here's one, here, here's one of the first texts into the show. From the 405, and and I want to concur with this, and I'm, I'm trying to get a break so we'll have more of a final segment. 405 writes, I ran into Coach DeMarco Murray before the season, and he lit up at the mention of Marcus Major. I think he could have a breakout performance. Well, let's talk about that when we come back. It's a Plank show on a – Tuesday, travel day tomorrow. Then we'll be live from Orlando on Thursday. And as always, hour one of the Plank Show is brought to you by Van Hoos Fence. 405-735-1167 or online at vhfence.com. For the 402, hit this real quick on the Air Comfort Solutions text line as we welcome you back into the Plank Show on a, a Tuesday getaway day for us tomorrow. So Josh and Connor will be holding down the fort. Have you seen some of these stories, by the way? The OU beat riders and what they've had to go through to try to even get to Orlando.
1: Oh yeah, no, it's been uh Oh my god It's been nuts, and obviously wish uh everybody the safest travels out there. I know that can be certainly very, very frustrating.
2: Um for the four oh two, most fans haven't taken hold of the fact that transfers from last year get to play in the bowl. Marcus Major has been in a boot for all of bowl practices. Yeah, I I mean I've I've seen the same pictures you have, and it just, again, I know a depth chart is a piece of paper, and for the most part, it's more for us and the people calling the games and fans to kind of talk about than it really truly is for anything that the coaches feel. But whenever you keep seeing Marcus Major everywhere, it's like, okay, that seems odd. And someone had asked about Tyree. Where was this? Oh, here it is, from the 918. Plank, I was looking on Instagram Sunday evening, and Tyree Walker was posting on there that he's at home in Nevada and glad to be home. Did he even make the trip? He was scheduled to. He was scheduled to make the trip. Um, again, I will say this on, on the gram, as I hear the kids call it, Josh, there's things that I'll see. and I'm like, oh, that looks cool. And then you look down, it was from like a month ago. <laughs> but it just pops up in your timeline for some reason. But, yeah, I know Tyree Walker was scheduled to be on this trip. In fact – I think a couple of the guys whose names in the transfer portal are on this trip too. Well, I won't speculate on who, but I mean, I I think there's a few guys that are currently in the portal right now who are on this trip with OU. And we saw the the, the picture that went around with a handful of freshmen. That, and when I say freshmen, let me let me clarify: guys that have just signed and are enrolled at semester who have been able to make this trip too for Oklahoma. So a good learning experience for them. Um, is this a fair point from the nine one eight, Josh? Our fan base is putting way too much faith in Kanick. Poor guy will never live up to their expectations, no matter how well he plays.
1: Uh, yes and no. I-, I do think there's something there that there's sky high expectations for Jaron Kanick. But uh, would you come to Oklahoma with the type of reputation that Kanick had? of his size, and you pair that with his track star status, right? His speed. Right. And then you combine it with the the work ethic and the way that the coaching staff raves about him. There's a little bit of, and I'm going to say this cautiously, but there's a little bit of Buki to Canick here early on at Oklahoma to where the, the coaching staff, some of the things, and probably it's – Fair to say that it's, it's media-driven, too, but sure. some of the responses from the coaching staff have ignited this, right? The way that they've talked about his work ethic from day one. Oh, he's doing things in the weight room with Schmitty that other guys don't do when they first show up here, so yes and no. The 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 expectations absolutely, maybe uh, right now, are unrealistic relative to how long Canick has been here. But, man, it's Oklahoma. It's Oklahoma. When you come here as a blue-chip recruit, there's advanced expectations, right? And Kanek is just one of those examples of it because, again, the, the response from the coaching staff has just added fuel to the fire.
2: Now, we wrapped up our last segment with a text about Marcus Major. And someone had said, hit us up and said, I, I ran into DeMarco Murray before the season, and he lit up when he was talking about Marcus Major. Um, and, and I can attest, every conversation I have with DeMarco, if it's on a, a coach's show or a, a post-game show, when we talk about Marcus Major, he's, he's a fan, right? He sees a future for him. It was interesting yesterday, Jeff Levy was asked about, hey, how about this Opportunity for Javante Barnes and a a Marcus Major and some of these running backs heading into this bowl game. Here's what Levy said.
0: Yes, it's a a great opportunity for Javante. Again, just going back to what we talked about earlier, we got guys that are capable. We got guys that are going to play really well uh, on the 29th and
1: look look forward to those guys uh, doing what they can to help us win.
2: So, again, kind of sparse on details. But the magnification of it more than anything else is, hey, at least we know Javante Barnes is there.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that didn't give us much. Yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of substance there on Javante Barnes.
2: That was my one takeaway from listening to this thing this morning and getting ready for the show. We got tons of audio, but it was very, very slim on details. Very slim on details on any of it. Yeah, All right, think, hour one in the books. I think oh, ahead, Jeff Josh, Levy's
1: just ready for the 29th to come and go, hopefully with a sooner victory, so he has to stop answering questions about Javante Barnes and others.
0: <laughs>
1: and I think they're ready to
2: put an exclamation point on, on Team 128. Ain't no, nobody's – if there is one take that I wish we could record and just play on an endless loop, nobody is high-fiving over 6-6. Six and six. No one is excited about 6-6, six and six. but – They are excited about the opportunity to compete again and see who steps up. Wow, what a fast hour. Hour two next. We're talking defense on the Plank Show.